Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman, and I'm super excited for our conversation today and what we're going to get into and, and discuss. If this is your first time listening to the show, to the podcast, my name, again, is Sam, but the show is called Roar, which stands for Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. And the whole point of this conversation in the show is just to get into the Word and just kind of dig into to Scripture and, and look at it and allow the Holy Spirit and allow truth to just shine and, and expose things and hopefully encourage your own desire and hunger to just get into the Word and read it. Read the Bible. Read the Scriptures. You know, let the Lord speak to you through them. Let Him reveal Himself, right? Him reveal Himself through His Word. And so today's conversation is going to be fun. We're going to start with uh, what I consider a very... Um, important like section of scripture, and it's one that's talked about a lot. But it's it's fun because you you can read certain scriptures at different points in your life, and they get more and more illuminated, for lack of a better term, or the revelation or the understanding becomes more dialed in or, or clear. You know, it's like if you're if you ever use binoculars, you have to kind of sight them in. You know, get the focus right, or use the camera, you have to get your focus you know, spot on where then when you take the picture, the full image is clearly in view. You know, you can see it before, but it might have a little, couple little blurry spots. You know, I think this section of scripture is one of those things that when you first read it, especially if you're new to the faith or to following Christ or following the way or, you know, it, it can kind of be intimidating and maybe a little bit blurry, but as you grow and mature and walk with the Lord, it becomes one of the clearest pictures of scripture. And so I kind of want to talk about it. And you know, you might be wondering, okay, what's what's this section of scripture? Well, it's literally John chapter one, um, the very beginning of it, because he goes into some really cool eternal things, um, and he discusses some things that, again, they're not just limited to this dispensation or this time. And it, I think it's cool too that whenever we read the Bible, the Bible's been around for hundreds of years. The Torah's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, and so this word that's been hasn't changed. It's eternal. It's it's a rock. And for anything to make it this long in human history and not be just obliterated or lost to time, you know, is, is a miracle in and of itself. Not to mention, you start reading some of the things that were prophesied specifically about Christ and that He fulfilled all the prophecies and the statistics of how that would even be possible from all the different people that spoke from hundreds of years apart, different parts of the planet. It's just... It's overwhelming how miraculous the scripture is, and the scripture all points to Christ. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So this first beginning here, this first beginning, that's great English, this beginning first here is uh, is quite cool because he literally starts in the beginning. So this is kind of like a, a little Genesis flashback here. He goes, in the beginning, and I'm reading out of the ESV, verse 1 of John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So now we start about the Word, but the Word now becomes personified. It becomes, it's not just a word or a thing, but it now becomes a person. That's a very clear um, foundational thing that when we read the Bible, we're not just reading information or words. We are communicating with a person. 
you know, if, if someone sends you a text message, you're not just reading words, you're communicating with them. They're, it's an exchange of thought. It's an exchange of, of what your heart is communicating, what your soul is communicating. So when we read the word, we're literally hearing the heart. You know, we're communicating with the thoughts and the ways of God, right? So verse 2, he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Again, this is talking about Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. So Christ has been, you know, there's a song that got real popular, and I think it's the way the chorus goes is Jesus at the center of it all, you know, and, and that's absolutely the truth. He is the center of literally everything that's been created, which has been recorded here in First John. And there's other uh, sections of scripture. I know First, I think it's Colossians 1, 20 talks about everything being reconciled by the blood of his cross. And then it talks about all authorities are under him or were created through him. So look at Colossians 1 as well. If it, it parallels what John's saying here. It's not just in one section, but Paul attests to it. John attests to it, attests to it. So there's multiple witnesses. This isn't just one person's one-off comment. These are multiple accounts, um, multiple, you know, testimonies. So this isn't just, you know, one person's pipe dream, which is very important too about, you know, the, the validation of scriptures because God used so many different people from different time periods and he's still using people, but specifically when it comes to the, the holy word of God, the Bible, you know, and the scripture that's all accounted in that, this library, this book. It's incredibly validating just statistically, not to mention all the nuance of, of just the words and everything. So it, it really carries a lot of weight. So these words carry a lot of weight. But again, if, if we're coming at it from just a simply natural standpoint, this can kind of seem a little bit uh, fantastical or, you know, sci-fi or whatever. Um, but it's reality. And it's important that we read these truths, not from a, a sheepish confused place where Hollywood dictates what's real, what's reality, what's not, where just what we've heard dictates what we believe is real or not. But we allow this scripture that's been around for millennia, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, to have maybe a little bit more weight than somebody who was born 60 years ago in their opinion. You know, the opinions of maybe some scientist or, you know, a, a movie director who has not been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, but only has a snapshot of wisdom and their opinion or their perspective should not carry more weight than the word of God, which has been established for ages, you know. So anyway, I just I think bringing that into perspective, too, it allows us, you know, as people to realize what am I really believing who am I really believing in here? It talks about the word, not just being what am I believing as far as the Bible, but who Paul talks about, I know in whom I have believed, you know, it's not just what, because the Pharisees had what, but whenever the who showed up, they couldn't see it. And it's important that we allow the scripture and Christ to confirm one another. But at the same time, we don't just serve a book we don't just live by a book. We follow a person and the way of the, the firstborn among many brethren, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? So again, and the reason I use the word the way is because I believe it's in the early sections of, uh, of Acts. For early couple chapters, you'll read the, the people would call them followers of the way. Before the term Christian was ever coined or used, um, they were called followers of the way. 
because Jesus, you know, in other sections of Scripture said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the way that he lived, the way that he functioned was the example for all of humanity because, like it says here, all things were made through him. So it would make sense that he would know the way if he literally invented the way. Does that make sense? Really cool stuff. Anyway, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this is really cool. Um, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, First John, not John here, but First John chapter 1 and 2 talk about um, the Father of lights, talking about God, our Heavenly Father, and us being the children of light. You can go and read those sections of Scripture, and I found it really interesting I think within the last few months, uh, I was at a, um, it was a prayer gathering and conference, and there was a neurologist or a brain doctor that came, and he talked about some different things when it came to prayer and just how the brain works and you're, when you're talking to the Lord. There were some studies and stuff he brought up, which was really interesting, but he brought up this one other thing, and I, I went and looked at, if you look at the back of an eye, so like if you were to take a microscope and just look into a person's eyes. At the very back of the eye, there's like where the optical nerve connects to the eye, which that miracle in and of itself is crazy because there's hundreds of nerve endings and they all find their partner somehow when a baby's born, which that is crazy to think that, again, statistically, that just somehow every single time a human is born in the womb, you know, that just all these nerve endings just manage to just find their partner and people are even able to see you know, that in and of itself is statistically just baffling. Um, so there's all these different cool things when it comes to science, just the 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 greatness of how powerful the creator, um, our father, God, who, it, you know, just how amazing he is. It's, it's really cool. But again, there was this, this um, these microscopes that were used to look into the eye and in the back of the eye, I believe it's where the optical nerve connects. There's actually light that is being emitted in the back of your eye. Now here it's rather interesting, I find, that he talks about the life was the light of men. Now this very spark of light that you can see in a person when they're living goes away when a person dies. So there's a difference between when you look into the eyes of someone who's living and breathing and if you look into the eyes of someone who has moved on or or died. And so whenever you look into the eyes of someone who's no longer, you know, in their body, that spark of light is actually gone. Um, that, you know, that light is not there. So I think it's interesting that even science backs up the light of man and there being this this spark of light. And then First John talks about us being the children of light. And so even science backs up the reality that Christ, who he was, he came down, the spark of light that happens when the spirit enters the body in the mother's womb. Um, and there's other science things that I can go into whenever there's, you know, the fertilization of an egg and, and that. But there's just this continuous thread of Christ being before all things, the perfect man, the example upon which every other man was created, every man and woman. The Bible says, in the image of God, which here it says in verse 2, he was the beginning with God and all things were made through him. The word was God. So even those words, again, it's synonyms. You can use it, Christ being the Father, or excuse me, Christ being God. And so those words, they work together, but we were made in the image of God. We were made in the image of Christ. Um, later on, the Bible talks about 
all men were predestined to be formed into the image of Christ. And I can't think of the reference of that, so forgive me. But there is a, and also Paul's writings, I believe he discusses how, you know, man was was made to be in the image of Christ. So there's this really cool statement. Then the Lord himself says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I believe it's in the book of Revelation, which the Bible says, again, the revelation is not just the end times, but the revelation says this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. So in the beginning, it talks about him having eyes of fire, hair white as wool, you know, feet like furnished or bronze. You know, there's there's all these really cool words that are used to describe, you know, who Christ is in his eternal form. But then if as we read here, this really cool section of scripture, he says this in verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So now John's talking about himself. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Again, he's talking about the light. That theme is just, you know, continuously being, you know, threaded throughout scripture here. That all might believe through him, talking about the light. Now, the light, again, is synonymous with Christ. It's the same Christ, the word, the light. These are all words that he's talking about the same person, right? Again, he's not just talking about a principle or a theory or a theology. It is a person we're talking about. Jesus in his own eyes, excuse me, I'd like a little hiccup there, forgive me. He, in his own eyes, had light. He came down as a man and he had the same light that you and I have in our eyes, right? He came down as a spirit. Anyway, this is really powerful stuff. He might believe through him, talking about Christ. He was not the light talking about John, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Again, that's talking about Christ, the true man, which gives the definition of who men and women are supposed to be, was coming into the world, talking about Christ. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Again, back to the very beginning in verse one and two, he talks about the word was God, the word was with God and he was the beginning and all things, verse three, were made through him. So he's now referencing back to what he said before in verse eight, he was, or excuse me, in verse nine, the true light, which gives light to everybody, was coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, that's you and me, if you've believed on Christ, you have believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, you've been born of the, or excuse me, born of the water, baptized in the, you know, in the water and in the spirit, there's, there's these things that happen, that's, that's, we are the ones who have received him. He gave the right to become children of God, which again, children of light. So that light that's within us now has, it's, it's a different type of light, You know, that's why the Bible talks about, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul. There's reality that whenever we speak, and I'm I'm kind of finishing with this, this, again, is just kind of an exhortation. I really wanted this conversation just to, again, for lack of a better word, spark your, you know, not just imagination, but your hope and your expectation that you're not just some natural being, just a person with muscles and a skeleton, but you are a supernatural spirit that God has formed, that he has fashioned, he has placed in a body. Yes, he has. You do live in a body, but he has so many eternal things for you that are bigger than your imagination. 
you know, that are bigger than some of the things that you might have even dreamed. But allow your heart to just take the truth and dream with God. You know, read the word, bring everything back to scripture. John talks about testing the spirit. So, I mean, don't be foolish in these areas, but allow your imagination to kind of expand a little bit. Allow the Holy Spirit to walk you into some of these eternal truths as you mature with your understanding of scripture, of the word, of your relationship with God, because there's plenty of spectacular yet simple, yet complex, but not complicated things that are in the Word. And just in these few 10 verses, there is so much talk of eternity, of reality, of the beginning and the end, and the mag, you know, just majesty of who we serve and who Christ was, is, and will forever be. You know, there's plenty of beautiful um, just things that are in scripture that we can begin to explore and we can understand these things. These don't, these things don't have to be foreign to us. They don't have to be just for maybe what we would consider the more learned, but these things are actually truths that we can work with, we can understand, and we can, um, just begin to exercise in, uh, in our lives. So anyway, that was kind of all I wanted to share with you and encourage. So thank you so much for listening to the, to the conversation today. Um, these are always super duper fun. And again, just allow your heart to dream a little bit, allow your, your, your soul to be shaped by the scripture and by the word, but allow things to go to a deeper level with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And don't be afraid of it, but trust the word, trust the truth, Follow the light and follow the peace of the Holy Spirit in these things. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time on Roar. Roar.